For the fifth year in a row, a New York City entrepreneur is donating hundreds of thousands of air miles to people in need. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. John Nash here in New York City with Tim Bennett in Philadelphia. Thanks for joining us on our Tuesday podcast. This is, again, TFG Unbuttoned. And if you want to learn more about us, go to focusgroupradio.com. And you'll also learn there that a partner of ours on Unbuttoned is Critics' Choice Video. We ask you to click on their logo and start shopping. There's tons of stuff to find there, and we're going to talk about that a little later. But first up, I don't know how to say this because are we allowed to? (laughs) I want to say Merry Christmas because this is releasing on Christmas Day. And it, however you celebrate the holiday, we hope you're having a good one. But, you know, and how you and I grew up, Tim, we were Merry Christmas guys, right? Well, it is Merry Christmas, and it's, it's uh, because it is Christmas Day. And truth be told, as this pre-record, you and I are both going to be back at our childhood homes in Connecticut, where the past is still <laughs> present. And um, that was a tagline for the state for a while, where the was past it really? is still present. I think it, I think it was, no, no, unless no, you, I just you, made it I up. I thought that but. was Emil Elgis that used to always say that. Our well, old used to say the more things change, the, the more same, they stay yeah. the same, right? You know, it's Christmas time. I I've been lately at the stores when I've people will say happy holidays or have a nice weekend or whatever they've said to me, and I'll say merry. And I've been saying merry Christmas, and then people almost seem relieved. Merry Christmas, yeah. Like it's so oh, okay to say merry Christmas, you know. So I I don't know, as if I'm buying that scarf, that woman's scarf for myself. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, I think well, there was one year where Bob. Me and Bob took his family, his mom and his sister Sarah and her boyfriend Joe. The, the the bunch of us went out to Las Vegas. Do you remember this? We went out to Vegas for Christmas, and we and we stayed at the Bellagio, and um, it was a really sort of surreal experience because on Christmas Day itself, uh, we we had a, a, a Christmas brunch in our room. It was delivered by room service because we had this big suite that we got. But we walked out on to the main drag, and we walked around and. It was everybody who was not celebrating Christmas, and by that I mean different peoples from different parts of the world and different religions that don't recognize the holiday. So, so it was definitely a day where you didn't even hear the words Merry Christmas until you went into a restaurant or into a shop or something. And every, oh yeah, Merry Christmas. So it was just very, very. So I think, however, wasn't that, wasn't that the wasn't that the year you had a tree brought to the room or something? Uh, Bob actually brought a miniature tree with him in his luggage. <laughs> it was like one of those folding God, wire Leslie. trees or something and that opened up and, and he had an extra suitcase filled with gifts and decorations for the room it was really a lot of fun actually um and i'll say as i was saying again about all this like kind of world stuff um everybody knew it was a festive holiday and it was a holiday uh but i didn't see anybody taking offense to it and in fact all these people that were visiting were there to specifically see how each casino was decorated for christmas so Gosh, I didn't even think of that. Did they, I, I guess they go all out. Oh, my Christmas God. Well, the Bellagio. Remember Bellagio has this, um, like, a garden space, which is straight to the right of the check-in under that beautiful glass thing, the Jaluli glass. Right. That was all. That was Christmas Village. That was a train was in there. They had all these beautiful floral things created. And it was really, really – and people, tons of – the lobby was constantly packed with people trying to see that stuff. So – 
Yeah, I hey, here we are. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I, I know in Philadelphia, my my Jewish friends, they love Christmas because, A, and you know the ritual. I think they do it in New York. Probably they do it in most places. But they go get Chinese food and they go to a movie or they go to a movie and they go get Chinese food. And a lot of the Christians have been adapting that, that, that are a little grumpy, somewhat like you with Christmas. <laughs> And um, and are starting to do it, and now the my friend in Philly is getting mad because he's like, "No, this is our holiday. You guys do the tree thing with family. We go to Chinese food in the theater. We're not waiting in line." <laughs> yeah. Now, a lot of my Jewish friends actually celebrate that they do the dual holiday. They will do the, the they'll always do Hanukkah, and you know they'll do the seven days right. of Hanukkah. Sometimes that lines up with um, the holiday, and sometimes it doesn't. But a ton of my friends they actually have trees and they'll 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 yeah. do they'll they love the lights and the color and they'll do a christmas thing so it's i don't know that's i've i've always scratched my head these last few years how about how the christian right talks about it's the reason for the season and take the holiday back because from my worldview everybody does kind of recognize it in their own way um, and I don't think there should be some hard and fast rule where you have to say Merry Christmas, but I don't think you should be penalized for saying it either, right? No, and it's the same thing. You and I have said this before. I've, I've asked, again, my friends that don't celebrate Christmas, and I've said, do you get offended if someone says Merry Christmas to you? I was like, what do you say? And they usually say, well, I say Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, they just... <laughs> the shrug. Yes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> a... you know, or thank you. But... We, I mean, what, what's it going to get you to get yourself all wound up? It's about? so harmless. It's so harmless. So uh, we're going to have a little free-form conversation, but we're kicking it off with this interesting article that I found, which I think is truly in the spirit of the holidays, and it's about a New York businessman and entrepreneur. He's a single father. Um, he is a guy that travels around the country. I mean, travels around the world. Sorry, the world. And he gives corporate keynotes. He's a po- He hosts a podcast. Um, and he does a whole bunch of different things and he, he gets a ton of these air miles every year. And for the past five years, he's been donating this year, I think it's 200,000 miles to people in need. And that's defined by those who can't afford to buy a flight, but want to be with sick loved ones during the holidays or a parent who wants to see a faraway child. So when he first started doing this, he would have an assistant actually pick the, the deserving people from all the people that would send in. Like, could you please consider me for this this giveaway? Now he does it on social media. And um, so it seems a little more democratic. But again, he's helping some people reach families or see people they haven't seen in years. And I think it's the ultimate perfect example of the holiday, right? Yeah, it's one of those, um, you know, I think it's a wonderful thing to do. I guess I'd like to know his secret, though, of how these people are able to use the miles. Because a lot of them are... When they do this contest and they he, he has other people pick because they said it, it grown so big. But when they donate the miles and people will go see a loved one or someone who's sick or uh, someone who's who maybe they just have lost touch with or and they're able to use the miles at Christmas time. And I'm thinking, God bless you, because I can never seem to use my frequent flyer miles. <laughs> well, can you you bring up a couple of mechanical problems i have with uh, not with what he's doing but you know usually those miles are like roped off like they're contained by airlines so if you're giving them to somebody you have to make sure that they have access to that carrier a unless of course he he talks to the airline and you know sometimes those points are transferable 
And um, with someone like him, he said, he goes, the moon is almost a quarter million miles away, and I travel more than that annually. (laughs) Saying that in this past year alone, he's been to Asia 11 times. So clearly he's known by the airline, airlines, plural, that he flies. So maybe, maybe there's a way for him to collect those points and make them available. His don't have the right. His don't have the restrictions others may have. I, 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 I first, before I got toward the end of the story, I was wondering how, a, what sort of job did he do to, to travel so much? And they said he gave speeches around the world and he had a website and he has a podcast. And then he, they said he, he's, he's a, he's a, you know, whip smart to look at starting businesses and can, can right away decide whether a business is good before you could even sketch the idea out. And then as you read further down, he's got severe ADHD. (laughs) But he thinks that that's actually been a benefit to him, right? Which I thought was cool. Well, he says it, right, he said it's been a gift. And so a lot of his inspirational talks or his his speeches are about talking to groups to say, you know, this just, if you have ADHD, which is um, a uh, attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder, that it's not necessarily a bad thing and that you can actually use it and view it as a gift and use it to your benefit. So he also does something good in that that aspect that, well, I've got a couple of friends with ADHD and one of them, I really think he's brilliant, but he can just never get it together. Um, and I think that's one of the challenges of having that. He's very smart, he, he is whip smart, but um, some of his other other skills are, are a little off kilter, which makes him have have a tough slog professionally. Well, this guy seems to have a different, um, you know, a different. He's managing that that condition differently, and in fact, his late his fifth book was called "Faster Than Normal: Turbocharger Focus, Productivity, and Success with the Secrets of ADHD Brain." <laughs> so I thought it was clever, but so this year he's giving um, the they've decided to do a couple of different point giveaways. One of them, one happy recipient. Uh, was a young woman um, from Texas, and her name is Sarah Latham, and she's weighing a painful decision. Her granddad is dying from cancer and lives 1,500 miles from her home in Texas, and she knew that if she flew to New York to see him, her family would go into debt to pay for the flight. If she skipped it, she might never see him again. I mean, it's those, so I think those are some of the stories and some of the people that are you know putting their hat in the ring and saying if I if you're giving away miles here's here's my story and here's why I want to use it, so I think it's one of those it, it, totally I read this and I was reminded of you know I used to be an altar boy when I was growing up when I went to church, and I remember the Christmas Day Mass I was doing one day and I come in and I'm getting into my little outfit, <laughs> you know I don't know if you ever did altar boy stuff it's like a was a red thing with a white thing on top and. I was lighting the candles in the church and helping the priest get ready, and and he and and Father just said he goes he goes how was your Christmas morning? And I said oh I got this I got this I got this and the other altar boys all were doing the same thing. And then he just holds up his hand, and he goes that's wonderful boys. He goes do you know only six miles away there's probably a family that is, can't even eat dinner today. He goes. And that's their Merry Christmas. And then he just walked out into the, into a different part of the church, and we all just stood there like, oh, my God, that's right. There are people that... So I grew up... Well, then he didn't do a very good job teaching the year through then with his sermons. Oh, no, no. That sermon that day on Christmas was all about... We had a sister parish in Waterbury that we would give 
uh, donated food. No, I'm saying I'm saying if he, for him to say that to you guys, kind of schooling you right there to say, well, this is really what the spirit oh, of yeah, Christmas yeah. is about. Well, you <laughs> should have taught us that all year long. <laughs> That's then. exactly. But I guess my uh, overall point was that I was always around that kind of thinking that um, – in fact, church to me when I was younger was basically the priests kept hammering home the following thing. You could spend your entire life trying to eradicate poverty, intolerance, and ignorance, and you'll never make a dent in it. So it's a worthy cause. But that was my thing. I think it's changed a lot because now we hear a whole bunch of different stuff. But um, well, It keeps them in business. <laughs> you know, similar to, to that sort of thing, I had a memory of Christmas when I had— um, I think it was fourth grade. And you remember when you were in grade school, you had your morning lesson and then there was a lunch and then recess and you went and did an afternoon lesson. You went home. But the morning lesson was we had to, it was right before Christmas time and we had to write down what we wanted for Christmas. And the teacher gave us probably an hour and a half. (laughs) That's a super long time for kids to like. And you had, well, we were, I, I want to say we were third or fourth grade and you had to fill the page, you know, this is, so it was a page. It had to be, so it had to be written in a, a paragraph and, and the whole deal or, or written out as a, as a narrative and people struggled with it. And of course, I think at that time I wanted a Danny O'Day doll, you know, the ventriloquist <laughs> I doll. Do. I would love one of those. Yeah. <laughs> probably a GI Joe and, and whatever I wanted a truck or something. And I remember writing this thing and. And the rule was once you finished, once you had finished writing your your essay, or we didn't call it an essay, but your 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 uh, what you wanted for Christmas story, you could go play with the toys or go play with something in the other end of the class. So this one kid, I still remember his name, Daniel. I think it was Daniel Wojcik. I still remember the name. He within thirty seconds was off playing with the toys. I knew. I with the minute you said there was a toy reward like playtime, I wondered what the deal was. Okay. So the so the teacher is like, you know, are you done with your with your essay? Mm-hmm. You did a whole page. And he said, Yep. You know, he was all done. He was playing and just doing his thing, doing his thing. And meanwhile, every little kid and little girl were all writing, you know, somebody wanted a doll and this and that. And I remember us all writing things down. And she's going around looking and going around looking, and she's still concerned about this kid, Danny. And this has stuck with me forever because I I obviously remembering and telling the story. So she goes to him and she takes his paper out of because you put your paper in a folder. She pulls it out and then she quietly puts it back in. And I saw her be very kind of, you know, contemplating something. And then she schooled us all about what Danny did. And all he did is he, in his big piece of paper, he just took and, and wrote in big letters, love. <laughs> I, I, that's thanks for dropping that one. That's uh I was expecting a different word, like I thought he was maybe going to put down nothing or I have all I want, but uh, wow, okay. And it totally threw her for a loop. I mean, it set her, but I remember watching her face because we were all, what did he write? How did he get this done in 30 seconds? How did you fill the page? You know, we could barely write, you know, you'd print, you got to get between the lines. And uh, so he he wrote this thing, and of course his parents were hippies. But um, <laughs> you just totally are trying to derail the beauty of that story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I do think I remember telling my mom or somebody about it, and they oh, those are the hippies up the street. <laughs> but um, yeah, pro- probably smoke yeah. pot. But um, but I do remember that did stick with me because I thought this this relates to your story about the church, right? About somebody saying. You know, listen, boys, that's all great that you had a nice morning like that, but there's people that can't can't eat up the street. Right, right. 
Wow. Well, so yeah, do you, do you have a? I was going to say, do you have any? Oh, any... The, the the Christmas memory that I always have is the year that we were. We used to have a small allowance we would get, and one year we were. And my mother would encourage us to give each other small, like, gifts. You know, nothing major. You you know where this is going. So she decides she's going to take... One of my favorite classic (laughs) all-time Nash family household stories. It could be a whole movie on the Nash family. She's going to take us to the the local craft fair, and that's where we're going to buy each other presents. So we go to the craft fair, (laughs) and I buy these, like, ceramic ornaments for my sisters that had to be, you know, you could use some kind of special magic marker and color them in yourself, and you put them in the oven or something, and they, 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 the color became permanent, whatever. But I remember on the way back from the craft fair, my sisters and I had this massive argument in the back of the car, and I get back to the house and I yell something about how I hate them, I hate them. And I'm, you know, I went up to my room and I took this bag that these ceramic things were in and I pitched it out the window of my bedroom window and it landed on the, the cement path below. And, you know, it just sat there for a while. And I finally, my mom comes in and she goes, What's going on? And I, I, she says, Where are the things you got for the, the, the gifts? And I, pointed at the window and she goes to the window and there's no screen in it and she looks out and she and she looks down she goes you go get those now so i go out and get the bag and come in and we dump it out and it's just like 50 pieces of ceramic right and she goes you go get the elmer's glue she goes you will fix these and you will give these gifts to your sisters so then she goes to their room and she closes the door and then she says to them your brother is going to give you something it's not going to look like the way it should She basically said, "I." She said to not act anything other than happy, getting these broken ornaments. Oh, another piece uh, of the. What were you? Eighteen years old. Twenty-four. <laughs> another piece to the Nash puzzle. Girls, you t- you accept those gifts with pride with and happiness. Joy and you, you tell your brother how happy happiness. you are. Yeah. Oh my God. How'd you do gluing them? Do you remember? Oh, they looked horrible. I, you know, I actually think that one of them was saved for years. It, it just, it just looked like someone, and it hung on the tree as a reminder shame, to you. In shame, I just think someone took a chisel to it. You know, one of my favorite gifts this year, actually, um, I've, I've we've, we, you and I had some great stuff happen on our our live show on Wednesdays. We had some uh, some of our listeners sent us Oreo gifts, and and uh, Ruth sent us those hilarious paper dolls. And then later that day, um, Matt came in, our producer, and he gave me this Dr. Zayas ornament. And it took about half an hour for me to realize that this, the Dr. Zayas figure was separate from this thing he glued it to that re- he, it makes a, like a recorded sound. And it sings that little song from The Simpsons, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> so it's totally one of a kind. It, you know, no one else has this, right? And, and just to let you know how hooked into Hallmark ornaments Bob is, Bob's looking at the Dr. Zayas ornament. He goes, where did he get this? And I said, he made it. And then Bob looks at the box that it came in. He goes, ooh, it's from 2015. He had to look for that. He had to search for this. <laughs> in other words, it was, that it was released three years ago. Matt had to do something to get the ornaments. So Jeez. anyway, um, as I mentioned at the, uh, the top of Unbuttoned, um, Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, is a sponsor of ours uh, on Unbutton. They've been with us from the start. We want to encourage you to visit them and shop their site by going to focusgroupradio.com, clicking on the Critics' Choice Video logo, and begin your journey. Now, I 
always say request a catalog. I know I'm like a broken record, but I have fun when I get them. They don't come that often, so don't worry. You're not going to be inundated by by mail. But you do get to look through and kind of say, oh, I think I might want to get that. Kind of like the old, now defunct Sears wish book. But I found something for you and me quickly. It was super Uh cheap. It's $7.96. And you'll know the minute I say it why I picked it. A thousand and one classic commercials. On DVD. Oh, wow. I love watching those. I love watching. Are they all black and white? Black and white in color. It has gems like Speedy from Alka-Seltzer, The Jolly Green Giant, Barbie, Marlboro, Chevrolet, Charmin, Ajax, and more. Three DVDs from 2009. Black and white in color. This, I just think I need to get this, period, because I, love I bet that. we could use this on the main show. Did anything catch your eye over there, Chris Choice? Well, I was, I was doing the... Uh... The same thing was when you were talking about the catalog, and I know you you bang that catalog, which I think is a good idea because I just thought you know it is as you were talking, it is so much. I like looking, like I I miss the newspaper in that regard. I like looking because my eye can scan different places. Online can get you somewhere directly, but when you get a catalog or something like that, I think you discover things a little easier than you might just uh, going directly to something online. So I. Uh, I agree about the coupon, but I I saw something almost similar. I wonder if they're they're profiling us, but it was the music of the commercials at Critics Choice. So it wasn't the actual commercials which you found; it was the music, and um, so I think that's pretty cool too. So did you uh, did you do all your shopping, John? You're all done, all done. already. All done. You're all done. So, hey, we want to thank everybody for uh, spending part of your Christmas with us. And uh, we hope Santa was good to everybody. And we look forward to joining you in the new year. Thanks again to Critics' Choice Video. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. Go to focusgroupradio.com, learn more about us, learn more about our main show and uh, or our Wednesday show. We don't like to say main show. No. <laughs> and uh, we'll, see, we'll see you in the new year. The Focus Group Unbuttoned, available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.